for all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Tuesday to you guys. Hope you've had a fantastic uh, weekend. Hope that the week is getting started off on a great and a positive note for you guys. And as always, the Beautiful Butterfly Show is brought to you by no other than YRN 1328. So that means you have the opportunity uh, to listen to a show that has been listening to worldwide. So how exciting is that? Um, of course, as always, uh, we definitely appreciate uh, you guys who continue to support the format and the network and everything that uh, we have going on over here. And uh, I'm excited, folks. Um, as I told you guys, this year you're going to be in store for a lot of new and fresh guests, and so we are in store for one. Tonight, you guys, we got the founder of Hand in Hand Counseling uh, and author, uh, Sharice Nance. She is in the building this evening, you guys. I'm going to be talking about um, her books, but also her new um, and upcoming book uh, we're going to discuss tonight, and uh, we're going to also talk about um, her counseling um, services that she offers. Um, has as well and how you um, may benefit from some of those services as well. So we're going to get into all of that and more tonight. As always, I encourage you guys to make sure you share the show. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, let everybody know that Sharice Nance is over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show this evening. And if you're out there, uh, you may just want to listen with hands-free if you're driving (laughs) or you got a question or a comment feel free to call in the number is 347-326-9139 and we just ask you press the one uh, so we can get you up on the line and you can have your opportunity to ask your questions or just show her some love this evening and so uh we're going to get things uh going you guys we're not going to delay any further we're going to bring the lady of the hour on here uh sharice you there i am Hello. Well, hey, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, I definitely have been looking forward to it, so I'm glad that uh, we were able to work things out with the schedule and have you on this evening. Yes, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we- absolutely. So for the... For the folks out here who um, may not know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Sharice Nance? Interesting question. I was actually talking to one of my clients about that. Usually when people say, who are you, you know, we're right. We're this, I'll, 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 I'll go through the, the typical protocol of who right. Sharice is. I'm, <laughs> I'm a Pittsburgh native. I was, uh, for people who are from Pittsburgh area, I was, 
born and raised in a home in East Liberty area. I went to school at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, got a bachelor's in psychology. Um, I went to the University of Pittsburgh, got a degree in social work, which is my passion. I, I just love helping people. I think that's who I am. I love to help people. It's who I am right. and it's what I do. And um, right. also an author. I've always loved to write. Writing is therapeutic for me. People are always mm-hmm. saying, how in the world did you find time to write a second book? And it's like <laughs> writing is so therapeutic. I am at yeah. peace when I am writing. So um, who am I? I, Yeah, I am. I know it sounds crazy, but I love to, I love sports. I I love to watch football. I will, on a Sunday during football season, I will bed down Mm -hmm. on the couch and watch football all day long. long. Unless the Steelers are on, anybody who knows me knows that I can't just lay on the couch and watch them. I'm usually driving my (laughs) husband crazy running around the house, but that's that's who I am. that's pretty much who I am in a nutshell wonderful and of course um you mentioning writing and so when did you discover um that that love and that passion and when did you discover you know writing being um therapeutic for you well, when I was a little girl, I used to write um, write a summary of the soap operas for my mom while she was at work because I know she loved oh, the wow. soap operas. So I'm like, girl, I'll summarize the soap operas for her. I was about seven or eight years old, and I would have it ready for her. And she's like, this is amazing. I feel like I actually watched the show. And um, so I just, when I was in college and, you know, we had those 10 and 20 page papers, I, I never felt overwhelmed. And everybody used to think that was so weird. And it, it was just sad with me because I was in a profession right. that I actually loved. So when I got to write about topics that I love to do, it, it just felt good for me. It felt natural. Now, when you got to do all the research, you know, going to the library, because back then we had to go to the library. There was no just Googling things. You actually had to spend time in the library doing thorough research. So I didn't like that part of it, but I like when I can actually free write. So free writing right. for me is therapeutic. Wow. Awesome. And, and you know, the, the thing about it is that oftentimes <laughs> people don't always believe um, how how therapeutic writing can be, you know, because um, a lot of people get lost, you know, in that moment where you're just allowing things mm-hmm. to flow. I think that in mm-hmm. general, uh, we, even as teenagers and children, we hold a lot within ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. of what's going mm-hmm. on with us day to day. And so when we have that opportunity to write, um, it allows us to express ourselves and, and what we're feeling and thinking and, and all those great things. Right. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I completely agree with that. A lot of times people say it's hard for them to actually sit down. How can you write a book? They could barely, mm-hmm. you know, probably mm-hmm. do the of page because when they're writing, their thoughts are all over the place, but that's okay because you have to get it out on paper and we can organize it later. Mm-hmm. 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 
Absolutely, absolutely. And so, of course, for you, uh, you also mentioned, um, you know, a social work um, being your passion and so forth. And so what is it? What is it about um, being a social worker and helping uh, individuals and family? Um, is it that, that brings you, you know, that, that greatest joy um, at the end of the day? Well, I think for me, when I was when I was growing up, I was actually really shy. Um, I was surrounded by people who were always speaking up for me and always protected protecting me. There were a lot of men in my family, so it's like yeah. everybody had a voice for me. Somebody was always speaking up for me. So as I grew into this profession, I always felt like I wanted to help the underdog. I always wanted to help people who felt like they didn't have a voice or they didn't know how to use their voice. So I look at myself as a huge advocate, and I'm helping people to – I'm advocating for people, but I'm teaching them how to advocate for themselves because they do have a voice. I'm just there to help them right. find that voice because eventually when I'm not there anymore, I want them to have the confidence and feel empowered to be able to do it on their own. And I just – I get joy in watching people make that shift when it, you just affect somebody's life and they're happy, and they've come from a place of feeling hopeless to feeling more hopeful, that's more valuable to me than a paycheck. Right, right, absolutely. And and what do you think, especially now, um, we have this this new year, we have a new president, we have a Mm -hmm. lot of people feeling um, all kinds of ways about the way things have taken place. And so do you believe, especially now being a social worker, that a lot of people feel like they are being forgotten, you know, people who are in different circumstances? Um, Do people feel, you know, like they have been forgotten or that they, um, that their concerns are not being taken, you know, as seriously as they would like to be? Yeah, that's a a good point that you bring up. I mean, actually, the day after the election, I still had to go on about work and still help people. It was hard hard for me. It was heavy because I didn't know what that meant you know, for this country, for the people that I served. I know me and my family will be fine no matter who's in office, but I wasn't just thinking about me because the cause is bigger than me. It was heavy going into the office, having people crying in my office because they didn't know what this meant. And I just, you know, had to let them get it out because I'm still processing this myself. So, I mean, I think now, you know, they say time heals everything. I'm not quite sure if that's all always true. I just think right. we may have been more immune to it. Um, it's right. it's like a circle. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really right. like to right. tune into the news with the with the political climate, but you you do want to stay informed to some degree because it's happening. Right. But you know, it's because most of it because I still work full time. I work for a hospital. And a right. lot of the members I'm working with, they have the type of insurance that is being threatened to be removed. Right. So that creates a lot right. of anxiety for people. And I don't right. have the answers because I don't know what that means. And a lot of the population, right. you know, that we serve at our private counseling practice, people are using their insurance. So, you know, it's really sad that the people who need the help the most might not be able to get the help because, People can't always afford to pay for those services, and it's said that right. you know this administration is looking at 
that is like, you know, we're we're tired of handouts. Um, people need a hand up, but that's that's not the way it is. Some of the people right. that we are working with, they're not lazy. People are truly sick. You know, they have disabilities. Right. They're, they're just trying to they they just need a little bit of help right now to get to the next level. Absolutely, um, absolutely. That's pretty much it, where we it, we are right now. Absolutely, and I remember, um, you know, just just watching um, the news and hearing how, you know, um, counseling and, and therapy uh, services has mm-hmm. has increased, you know, since yeah. um, yeah. a lot of this uh, change yeah. in the administration and so forth. Mm-hmm. It has, and I mean, I think, you know, you can. I try to look at the glass half full all the time because right. I, I really. Right. You know, I like to be realistic, but I want to be, you know, it's my job to instill hope. So it starts right. with me. So I'm I'm trying to see the hope in all of this. Like, okay, right. the blessing is that it's brought people closer together. Like people have united for a common cause. And it's not about uniting to necessarily fight this administration, but uniting and fighting for what's right. You know, we're fighting for you know, to make sure people who need health care keep health care, you know, fighting for good causes that matter. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, and, you know, that's a that's one way that you can look at it. Right, right, absolutely. And, and it goes back to what you were talking about, um, creating um, a lot of anxiety with people because, you know, people like to always, it, one of the main things is people always don't, make sure anything else is right. People always want to make sure that they, you know, if they need health care, it's there. If they need their finances, it's there. And so I think, you know, mm-hmm. um, having people you know, in that position where they, they just don't know from day to day what's going to occur, you know, creates so much anxiety in people and seeing it affect them. And so I'm glad that, you know, you are able to have um, these services where people um, can come and, and talk with you and all of those things. And so you mm-hmm. and you also mentioned um, your private practice, uh, which is uh, hand-in-hand. I wanted to call it hand-on-hands for some reason, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hand-in-hand uh, counseling services. And so uh, what made you want to open up your own private um, service? Well, actually, um, I knew it for quite some time. My mm-hmm. partner, we've been, we've actually been friends since college. We were, her name is Tess Kenny. We were college roommates at IUP and we were in the awesome. same field. And I didn't know then that I wanted to start a private practice, but I always knew I wanted to work for myself. I knew that I wouldn't work for another company for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. I always knew that I really didn't know what I would be doing, but I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. So I've worked for several nonprofit organizations doing this type of work, doing therapy in the home, in the community. I've worked in the schools. I've worked in a hospital. And Tess and I said we wanted to open a private counseling practice. So we spent a lot of time talking to consultants at our agency, talking to people who actually had their own private practice who had been doing this work for a long time, a lot of time talking. And then we said, you know what, let's just do it. So we're looking for space, and then it just it came to us. And we, we opened hand-in-hand counseling services here in Pittsburgh about 
three and a half years ago, November 1st, 2013, which is actually my birthday, so it's almost oh, wow. like this first world line. So we opened yeah. it on that day, and it's funny because we opened it, and we're so excited, and we're like, we don't have any clients. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and then we want to keep the doors open. I mean, and then, you know, we can start making the – right connections, being blessed to um, meet the right people, being at the right networking events, um, making our presence known in the community. I mean, we, we've had so much support. Um, it's, it's just amazing, like, what our support system has done for us, what God has blessed us mm-hmm. with. Um, we have been trying to get this, insur- this huge insurance contract since we opened, and we were denied every time and we finally got it at the end of last year so that was three years of trying to get it so that's like a a message to anybody you know it it might be no in the moment but it's not no forever you know just to keep Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. being persistent and pushing through because you know what's for you is yours and that's probably the most important lesson that I've learned one of the most important lessons that I've learned since we opened that practice but um we um we're we're growing. You know, we moved to a bigger office and our our caseload is, is growing. We have an assistant mm-hmm. and you know, we, we hope to be able to bring on more therapists soon. And um we're Wonderful. we're just we're just excited. Yeah. hmm Absolutely. Absolutely. We, and we, we did have um Oh, absolutely. And we do have a question um, from Alexis. Um, Alexis from Durham, North Carolina. And she says, how do you get <laughs> your whole family to a counseling session when no one sees, uh, which is a very common thing. You know, you have a lot of people who they, they, they have identified that there are issues going on in the family. And as soon as you talk about um, you know, going to counseling or seeking therapy, especially, and, and you've found on this as well, um, into things, especially when it comes to the African American community. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, we kind of shine away from that. <laughs> so, uh, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, Alexis, that's a that's a very um, popular question, and you're not alone in yeah. that. I actually talk about that in my first book, Vitamin C, Healing for the Mind, Body, and Soul, which is available on my website, vitaminchealing.com. And um, I talk a lot about that. There's a, there's still a stigma around counseling in the African American mm. community. I think we're right. we're removing it a little bit, but it's still there. You know, I, I think there's the huge stigma around counseling is. Uh, we don't air dirty laundry. I don't want nobody else in right. my business. I don't want to be judged. Right. You know, what are, what are they going to tell me that I'm not already doing? Oh, I'll figure it out. But trying to get an entire family in counseling is tough. For what I had a client yeah. in my office the other day, and I said, you know, it only takes one person in a family system to change. And it can, with that change, people will see that change in you. So if you feel like you need to go, just go. You know, they'll catch up if right. they need to, but um, it's tough when you're going back into that environment. But most of the time when people see you changing, they're either forced to get on board or, you know, you might have some tough decisions to make. But it is, you know, it is tough to get um, an entire family in counseling, especially if people don't see a problem. You know, there's, right. there's stages, what we call stages of change in the counseling world. They're in pre-contemplation stage where we probably don't even have a customer. So, you know, 
right. people have to kind of sort through that before they're even ready to walk through the door. I've had people tell me they've held on to my car for six months before they've even called to make an appointment. So it's, you know, yeah. it's still a common trend in our community. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and what do you think it is going to take um, for us to be more progressive um, in the African-American community about seeking counseling? Do you believe that it's a conversation that we should really be having, you know, early on with our children and early yeah. on with our family? Yeah, I think it's what you said, education. You know, I think, you know, and I think it goes back, not to get too much off topic because I want to make sure I answer your question, but, you know, when people talk about poverty and what the problem is, it's, it's lack of resources and people being either misinformed or uninformed, you know. Like, <clears throat> I think I agree 100% with you. I think this is a conversation that should be introduced early on when we when we're little mm-hmm. kids, when we're children. And um, it's it's important to make sure that um, as counselors that, you know, we're getting out there in the community and spreading this information to people. You know, Tess and I have made ourselves available to go to schools and talk to people exactly about what we do and what we don't do because a lot of people are afraid of it. You know, they don't don't know what to expect or people want to think I'm crazy. Am I going to be laying on a couch and – Am I going to get hypnotized? Right. Are they going to analyze me? You know, the biggest fear I've asked people that they have is being judged or a breach mm-hmm. of confidentiality. Mm-hmm. And there's no judgment when you're when you're coming into our office. You know, that's not who we are, and I we have to prove that to people. So I, you know, ask people like give us a chance to allow us to prove ourselves to you. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and I think it's also the, you know, it's it's the the the, the thought process of what we think, and, and like you said, you know, the whole laying on the couch, and then people automatically mm-hmm. assume therapy, counseling, medication, you know, oh, they're going to put you yeah. on some type of, you know, psychotics or, or whatever, and so the things about it is that a lot of people have those cliches in their, in their heads and those ideas from mm-hmm. other people you know, that has right. really ultimately kept them from even attempting to try it. Right. And I think, and also comparing it to, like, if somebody has a condition like diabetes, you know, either you're going to your primary doctor or you're going to a specialist to make sure you're right. getting treated for it. Well, it's right. no different if you're, you know, maybe you're experiencing some depressive symptoms or some anxiety, you're going to a specialist to get some help with that condition. So it's, you know, is maybe you can look at it that way. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely well said. Uh, what we're going to do, uh, Sharice, we're going to take a little break, but we're going to come back and more, and we're going to delve uh, into uh, your new book, which we're going to um, discuss tonight, folks. Uh, so we'll be right back with more uh, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everyone, it's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio networks, YRN 1328.
Have you ever sat down and simply wanted someone to fully understand your life? Someone who wakes up every day and does their best to provide and protect their loved ones the way you do? Someone who has been confused, lost, scared, or just trying to figure out how to balance their life spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially? If so, Life is Outstanding is the book for you. Anthony promises his readers that you don't have to be perfect to live an outstanding life. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by author Sharice Nance, you guys. And, of course, uh, if you're out there and you have a question or a comment or just want to say hello, feel free to do so. Um, the call-in number is 347-326-9139 is the number. And, of uh, course, uh, Cherise, we are going to delve into your new book, uh, which uh, yeah. is amazing. It, it sounds fantastic uh, within itself and is entitled Walking uh, the Tightrope of Life, uh, Refuel, Renew, and Recenter Your Work-Life Demands. And um, So let's talk about this book. Uh, oftentimes, yeah. um, I think that, do you think that, people are not always aware that sometimes we just need to take a break <laughs> and and refuel ourselves, <laughs> re-energize and, and get ourselves together. I feel like um, people are so busy now, you know, with the hustle and bustle mm-hmm. of day-to-day life. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel like people forget to do self-care um, with themselves? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's yeah. why I wrote the book because I was guilty of that. And it's something that yeah. I've gotten a lot better at working through. And um, I, I was ready to write a second book, and it was kind of coming together. And my husband suggested it. Well, you know how you struggle with some things. You know, with, you found you found strategies that work for you, and you still see some of your colleagues and your, your peers. What if you wrote a book to speak to that? And I'm like, yeah, you know, well, what would I call it? And played around with the title and came up with that, especially when I'm thinking about walking a tight rope. I'm thinking about mm. that, that fine line of work-life balance and satisfaction because you have to have satisfaction. You can have balance, but if you're not satisfied in your professional and your personal life, what good is balance? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because some people are satisfied with working really, really hard. And I'm, I, I'm a hard worker myself. However, we forget to take care of ourselves. And when I wrote this book, it was dedicated to my fellow helping professionals, social workers, counselors, caregivers, caseworkers, nurses, doctors, anybody who is in this helping professionals, helping profession. I also had entrepreneurs in mind because when I when I think about people who struggle with good self care and feeling guilty for taking a day off or feeling guilty for setting that boundary with, you know, your supervisor or with the client, you know, these are the people that I had in mind because we, these are some of the most talented, empathetic, and skilled people, but you spend so much time taking care of everybody else that you get lost. And how can you continue to go on if you're burnt out? If you're burnt out and you're just fatigued, you know, what good are you? Nobody's going to get help, right. including you. So, you know, that's Absolutely. what I had in mind. Actually, there's a chapter called Who Helps the Helper? Because we, it's important that we get help too. You know, I always say the therapist needs a therapist. Nobody is exempt from this. It's the therapist mm. especially 
need this therapist yes. because we absorb a lot of energy in a given day. You know, people are just opening up their lives to you, and that's heavy. Right. So you have right. to have an outlet, and we can't just talk to anybody about it with confidentiality. So we have to find a healthy outlet, you know, to release that energy. And if that means taking a day off, taking a mental health day off, then do it. You know, and I know as entrepreneurs don't want to take a day off because right. that might mean you might think you're going to miss that next um, prospect that's going to take your business to the next level. But you have to be prepared for that mentally and physically. Take a day off. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad that you made that statement about, you know, therapists need therapists. You know, and I believe mm-hmm. that oftentimes people believe um, when it comes to therapists that, you know, you, you have everything figured out. You don't have any issues. Oh, no. You know, you live this life. <laughs> you live this life of perfection and, you know. Oh, no. oh, well, yeah. well, let me um, dispute that right now. That is not true. If a therapist tells you that, right. that is that's a that's an alternative fact. That is not true. <laughs> no, we we no, we we have to. Um we you know, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a um a life coach, you know, whatever type of professional or objective person that you can get to sort through some things and I think it's important that we practice what we preach if we're really struggling with some things in our lives but we're not taking care of that then how are we in a good place to help other people sort through their stuff absolutely absolutely and and I think you know uh with that um it's always refreshing to hear because I've always wondered how do therapists you know go back um and and allow themselves to separate you know um, all the things that you take in, and you, and you mentioned taking in the energy, um, because people are just pouring themselves into you, um, mm-hmm. and, and the things that they're going through, and so you have to take that time to refuel, because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure over time it can become overwhelming, and and, and you just feel it's heavy, heavy. and it, it allows you not to be available to the next client that comes into the door. Absolutely, that that's you bring yeah. up a great point, Nonka, because, and that's what. I talk about that in my book. That's when you got to hit the reset button, you know, yes. and that means doing whatever yes. you need to do to prepare yourself for the next session or the next day. I mean, in a given day, you might see seven or eight. Some people might see four clients. Some might see five. Some might see seven. Some people might see, see ten. It just depends on mm-hmm. who you are and what you can handle. But whether it's you seeing three clients or ten clients, you know, if we're practicing ethically and doing what's right by our clients and ourselves, you know, it's important that we don't, when I talk about um, in the first chapter, my plate is full, that we don't have a plate so full that we're not effective. You know, if you're not being effective, then maybe you need to scale it back. You need to do something to regroup. You know, in a given day, if you're seeing all these clients and you're going home and you're trying to reset and nothing that you're doing is helping because you're so um you're just you're just so tired, you're so burnt out that you can't even re energize and get yourself prepared for the next day. It's time to rethink your routine. Are you seeing too many clients? Or when's the last time you had a day off? Is it is it time to take a day off? Is it time to take a vacation? And if so then then do it. You 
you know, like that, put that on your agenda. You know, we have these to-do lists, put that on there, put that on your calendar that it's time to, you know, take a, take a day off or it's time to scale back in your schedule. If you're overwhelmed, that mm-hmm. probably means that the schedule is too full. Take something off. Right, right. And, and I think, you know, because now, and, and I always say this, you know, about us living in this microwave society. So we want things done fast. We want it yep. quick. And, and we're trying to, you know, it's almost like we have those octopus arms. And we're trying to, you know, delve into so many different things. And so do you think that oftentimes it's because we just generally, we, we just take on too much because we want to get so much accomplished? Yeah, and I think um, that can be a gift and a curse for a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, because anybody who is an entrepreneur, we're unique unique individuals. You know, we have that grander spirit, and we're, you know, some people subscribe to I'll sleep when I die or, you know, nobody ever died from lack of sleep. And, you know, I've learned that that's not true. I mean, I haven't died, but you need your rest. You have to right, get right. adequate rest or, you know, there will be health conditions to follow. So I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm saying find a healthy balance so that you can be effective, you know, and enjoy this mm-hmm, journey mm-hmm. because you don't want to just overwork yourself to the point where this becomes punitive and you start resenting it and you finally reach your goal and you're not even sure if you're happy or you feel accomplished just because of what happened along that journey. You know, so I think that hap- that happens a lot with entrepreneurs that we we forget to enjoy life and have fun along the way and take that day off and enjoy your family. But you know, also there might be some small sacrifices that you do have to make in order to get what it is that you desire. But there just has to be a healthy balance. Right. Absolutely. And in that, um, you have a lot of times where, especially um, with with creating perhaps new lifestyles or taking on a new job and, you know, trying to get mm-hmm. things structured and so forth. And, and we have a, another question from Adrian from Colorado, and she talks about um, how important do you believe, this is going back to the counseling services, how important do you believe um, it is to go to premarital counseling. Do you believe there are benefits to premarital counseling? Absolutely, Adrian. Thank yeah. you for that question. Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this today. I can speak on this personally. I think it was the best decision that my husband and I made. We'll be married. We'll be celebrating our two-year anniversary later this year. We went to a premarital counseling group again. I'm a counselor, but I'm not exempt. I can't be your premarital counselor. I think it's, the, again, the best decision that people can make because it's good to have that objective perspective, especially from a professional standpoint. We don't know everything, but, um, you know, getting that professional perspective on what to expect. What are your expectations going into the marriage? I think those need right. to be laid out. You know, um, what are you expecting of your partner? You need to talk about family, you know, how you were brought up, how your partner was brought up, what were some of your traditions, what were some of the rituals. Do you plan on 
starting your own traditions because we talked a lot about family in our premarital counseling. Well, oh, family's not going to be a problem. Well, wait till you get married. You know, your family's used to you right. being around all the time. Well, now you got a spouse, and your spouse comes first. And it sounds like good, like, oh, yeah, my spouse is going to come first till everybody starts pulling at you. So I think going to premarital counseling to talk about these, you can't be prepared for everything, but just to go in and understand, like, what can be coming your way so that you can so you can plan. I, I recommend premarital counseling to everybody. So, oh, we don't have problems, we're great, still go to counseling anyway. You know, you want to be right. proactive instead of reactive. So absolutely, I think it's the best thing that you can do for your marriage. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, going back to your book, what what are some of the steps that you suggest and people take um, eliminating things so that they can, you know, have that productive uh, work life that they would like to have? Mm-hmm. Well, when we're talking about steps, number one, you find out a lot about yourself in your daily routine. So think about your daily routine, what you do for your morning ritual when you get up, and, and see if that's working for you. You know, write it down. Does it look overwhelming? Does it feel overwhelming? If it is, start thinking about some things that you can take off that full plate. You know, there there doesn't have to always be this full plate for you to think you're being productive. Um, I, I think there's a difference Absolutely. between busyness and being productive, you know, being productive is what we want to be. I think being busy, people say, I'm busy, I'm busy, you know, but you're not being productive. So there's a huge difference. So seeing what you can take off of that plate, I really think that's the most important step, like looking at that routine and seeing what you can take off of that plate. And if you are feeling overwhelmed, take a day off. You know, take a mental mental health day. Rather, if mm-hmm. you're if you're still working, if you're working for somebody else, you know, most people get paid time off. Use it. You know, don't try to stack those days up at the end of the year so you can get some <laughs> extra money for them. Use right. that day for your right. self care. You know what I mean? So use that day off. And if you're an entrepreneur plan, you know, when you're, because as entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. we do a, you know, some people do a yearly budget, some people do a quarterly budget, well, plan when you can take some time off into that budget, you know, that's just as important as the money that you're bringing in, so those are the, those are the things that I highly recommend for the, um, for work-life balance, and also I want to add, you know, if you, if you have a family, whether you're married, a significant other, if you have children, Make sure that you're making time to spend with them, you know, because Absolutely. you don't you don't want them to resent you and your business or your career as you're going along this journey. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. 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 And, and and within this book, uh, what are your hopes that uh, when people read it, uh, what are your hopes that they they uh, take away and gain uh, from reading this book? Well, when people read this book, I hope that they're able to um, really be honest with themselves and evaluate, you know, where they currently are as far as taking care of themselves, as far as where they are with a healthy work-life balance and satisfaction. And, you know, if they need to tweak some things, go ahead and tweak, tw- make some tweaks. And 
I want people to feel empowered. You know, if you're especially, you know, my social workers and my counselors and people in the helping professions because we do an excellent job at advocating for our clients. But I want us to get better at advocating for ourselves. If you're working for someone mm-hmm. and you're you're over you're feeling overworked or right. overwhelmed and you wanna your caseload decrease have a conversation with your supervisor. You know, don't be afraid of mm-hmm. getting fired. Mm-hmm. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Advocate for yourself. Absolutely. You know, I know people, you know, this can be a job where you're feeling underpaid, but there's a way to have a conversation about whatever it is you're feeling. I've been there. I went through that where I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if I should say this or I should say that. But now I'm at a place where I'm comfortable and I know how to approach people to have a conversation when it's time to advocate right. for myself. So I want people right. to become better at advocating for themselves because this is all a part of self-care. So advocating for yourself, looking at your daily routine, hitting that reset button, taking a day off without feeling guilty. Like those are the main things I want people to come away from, come away with when they read this book. I want people to feel empowered. Like it's refuel, mm-hmm. renew, and recenter your work-life demands. That's how I want you to feel after you read this book. And there's a bonus section at the end of the book that's um, it's a book of inspirations. I actually did a little bit of research and um, about how long it takes to change a behavior, and it takes around 66 days. So as you're on this process to changing yourself and changing your habits and, you know, being the best version of you, there are 66 inspiration, inspirational quotes that I came up with that will inspire you throughout these couple months as you're reading. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, for the folks out here, uh, tell them how they can go about actually purchasing uh, this book. So the book can be purchased at www dot vitamin c healing dot dot com and that's one word b i t a m i n c h e a l i n g dot com and the book is actually still on pre 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 order special so it'll be for today only so the book will be on special for today and it'll be regularly priced because the actual release date is April 1st, and I'm having a book signing here in Pittsburgh on April 1st. Yes, and tell the folks um, who are listening um, about the book signing, because it's actually um, coming up next month, well, April 1st. Uh, tell them uh, where and when uh, they can catch you um, and get uh, their book and get it signed and all those great things. So yes, the book signing. I'm I'm really I'm really excited about the book signing. Um, I love book signings because I get to meet a lot of <laughs> new, interesting people that I I haven't met before, and I, I don't know what it is. It just seems like there's always a lot of positive energy there. But the book signing will be on Saturday, April first, from mm-hmm. twelve to three p.m. and it'll be at Ujima Collective. That's Lakeisha Wolf's shop. And that's at 1901 Center Avenue, Suite 100, and that's Pittsburgh 15219. And refreshments will be served. And around 2 o'clock, I'll do a reading from the book and have a question and answer, and it'll be a good time, positive energy, a little bit of networking. And I look forward to seeing everybody, meeting new people, and getting reacquainted with people that I haven't seen in a while. 
Awesome. And, of course, uh, for you, I always like to discover how people, uh, from the, the, the first book you put out, um, Vitamin C, Healing for the Mind, Body, and Soul, to now to where we are, how have you seen uh, yourself uh, progress uh, in your thoughts and your views uh, since creating that first book? Do you mean as far as um, writing a book, as far as a profession? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, well, yeah. as far mm-hmm. as writing the book, I think my thoughts have gotten more organized. I actually have a process that I can follow now. The, I'm still with the same publishing company, Expected in Entertainment, with Chuck Brown. So I use the same guideline that he used when I wrote my first book because I was raw. So we went through his first-time writer's um, program, and that was really helpful. I used those same guidelines when I wrote my second book, and it just flowed. Like, it didn't really Mm -hmm. take me a lot of time, and I was actually a lot busier this time than when I wrote the first book. Um, And I think it just, this time around, it just made a lot more sense to me. The one thing about mm-hmm. writing writing a book, writing a book is actually the easier part, probably depending on who you are, but I think the marketing of the book is the most important part. That's what I've learned right. the most this second time around. I think I've been a lot more um, proactive, and I've just started marketing a lot more earlier this time around than I did the first time. The first time I actually waited for it to be released, and then, of course, I was excited, but this time around, it's like as soon as I finished it, you know, let's get it out there, let's create a buzz. And I have more of a target audience this time around. When I wrote the book, I knew exactly who I was speaking to. With vitamin C, it was kind mm-hmm. of a target audience, but it's for anybody. You know, vitamin C is probably, if we're thinking about school, it's more like the generalist book. Um, anybody can pick up vitamin C, healing for the mind, body, and soul. It's also a workbook. Both books are workbooks. So, you know, anybody can pick it up and take something away from it. And I talk a lot about the stigma around mental health counseling and what to expect when you're going into into a counselor's office, especially in a black community, and just about embracing your unique journey. So both books are, you know, great books for you know, working on being a better you, they're just different versions of working on a better, working on being the best version of you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, um, of course, I know that we are in our third month uh, is the month and, and all of those great things. And so um, uh, what are your upcoming projects as far as for the remainder of the new year? Uh, will you be putting a new book out? Oh, you are ahead of schedule. Um, so as far as upcoming <laughs> upcoming events for this year, I'm I'm always planning and thinking about the next next project. So it almost feels like you right. read my mind. But um, actually tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to be doing a taping for a local TV show here on the Lynn Hayes Freeland Show. So I believe that will probably be aired here in Pittsburgh sometime this weekend. I have some workshops coming up. Um, actually doing one on Thursday on post-traumatic stress disorder. That's something that we specialize oh, wow. in at our private counseling practice. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm doing a few workshops over the next couple months on the workbook. So the name of the workshops are called Refuel, Recenter. Refuel, I have a tongue twister with my own book. Refuel, <laughs> Renew, Recenter, 
your work life demands. So there's going to be probably a few series of the workshops for the book over the next coming months. The first one is April 22nd at the East Liberty Library here in Pittsburgh. And, you know, we'll just see how it goes. And I'm hoping to expand it nationally and be able to travel and maybe meet some of the guests who ask questions on the line. I'll, maybe you'll see me in your city hosting a Refuel, Renew, Recenter Your Work Life Demands workshop. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. So wow. as far as the third book, um, yeah. As far as the third book, yeah, I kind of have some things stewing, but haven't really got anything on paper yet. Okay. All right. Awesome. Really that was good. And um, if people want to contact you uh, regarding um, your counseling services, how would they go about doing that as well? If you would like to um, receive, if you have questions about receiving counseling services, you can email us at hand in hand counseling dot LLC at gmail dot com and that's H A N D I N H A N D C O U N S E L I N G dot LLC at gmail dot com or website is www counseling dot com. And then also um there was one last thing I think I wanted to mention but it Kind of yeah. escapes me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the brain for that really happened. <laughs> incredible, incredible, and, and of course it happens. We, you know, we have so much uh, that that we want to say and get it out there uh, that that sometimes it just kind of kind of skips over us, and then later on it kind of just seeps back to us strangely. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. This <laughs> is really odd. But yeah, that's um, that's that's work. You know, hand in hand counseling services. And mm-hmm. if you want to contact, oh, that's what I wanted to say. So I'm also available for. I do speaking engagements as well. I do keynote speaking opportunities. Oh, wonderful! So if you are interested in booking me, you can go to my website www vitaminchealing.com and I you know I do speaking on I'm, I'm a huge fan of self-care so being the best version of you I do a lot of um, parent-child workshops I also do speaking engagements on trauma post-traumatic stress disorder that's actually with the one that I'm doing on Thursday is about it's about aversive childhood experiences it's, it's heavy it's usually heavy, but again, we have to be informed. So those are some of the things that I do speaking engagements on, and I can be reached via the website at vitaminchealing dot com. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, it has definitely been a pleasure having you on the show uh, this evening, and I'm glad that uh, we had our callers who um, who uh, sent their questions uh, to air on the show. We definitely uh, appreciate you guys as well. And uh, oh, we, we had one quick one. I didn't. I don't want to leave uh, anybody out. Um, let's see, David from San Francisco. Uh, which this is a, a great one. Um, people feel it's a sign of weakness to see uh, men uh, who are who go to therapy. Why is that? Well, I think that's 
another good question for yeah. you know, I think <laughs> you know, men are supposed to be the head of the family, they're supposed to be providers, they're taught to be strong, they're taught not to cry. So all of these things are usually associated with strength. But I think that help is seeking help. It takes a lot of courage to seek help. So I view that as a strength. But, you know, the way our society society perceives things and the way a lot of people were brought up, you know, you don't seek mm-hmm, help. Mm-hmm. You are supposed mm-hmm. to be the rock of the family, so you got to hold it together. And while you're holding it together, you're actually dying inside. So I, I think a lot of mm. messages that people get from society, a lot of messages that you're getting from your family, a lot of times it's generational. But we have to um, we have to interrupt those generational patterns. Like, and it and it has to Absolutely. end with us. And that's and that's right. where we we seek help and we begin that generational pattern of it's okay for us to seek help. It's not a weakness. It's actually a strength that we're having the courage to seek help from somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think it's a great point. And I think, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it is, you know, to, to David's question, it also implies that, you know, it seems that when men show um, those moments um, of transparency and showing their feelings, it's shown as a sign of weakness because we have created yep. this image that men are strong and they're hard and they don't feel, and you know, there's no emotion. Um, behind there that oftentimes we find that this rolls off onto our young males as well. And so in their mind, they perceive that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Again, it's generational. You know, if this yeah. son sees his father seeking help and a father sees a grandfather seeking help, that's going to be repeated through generations. But if that's not seen and that's not practiced, then help is not something that's a priority is not something that was instilled as a value. Absolutely. 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 And uh, once again, you guys, you can, uh, and oh, um, as far as the uh, release, so uh, people can already go and purchase um, Walking the Tightrope of Life now? Yes, they can purchase it right now at www.vitaminchealing.com. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And, uh, of course, uh, Sharice, it's definitely been a pleasure having you here on the show. I'm so glad that uh, you were able to come on here and share so much with us. Um, That's one of the things that we aspire to do here on the show is to uh, give information to people that they can take and apply in their lives. And so kudos to you to being that that pinpoint that people can go to and, and share you know, all the things that they're going through and um, beginning the new stages in their lives. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody out there who listened, and for your great questions. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, uh, we'll be talking with you again soon, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your evening. You too, Bianca. Thank you. Have a good evening. You're welcome. Thank you.
All right, you guys, that was author and founder of Hand in Hand Counseling Services, Sharice Nance, you guys, and you guys can head over to her uh, website. That's www.vitaminchealing.com uh, and keep up to date um, with what um, events she'll be speaking at. Also, book signings. Uh, don't forget if you're in the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh area on April 1st, uh, go to Ujama uh, Collective Center. Um, 1901 Central Avenue, Suite 100, that's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, you guys. So make sure you go head over there uh, to the book release uh, signing for Walking the Tightrope of Life by the lovely Cherise Nance, you guys. That's from 12 to 3 p.m. And uh, if you need information on that, feel free to email us at show at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to get that information to you. Coming up, folks. On Thursday, we're going to have a excellent show as well on Thursday. We got um, author Tamara Brown. She's coming on. She's going to be talking about the royalty factor, a writer's guide to reducing their taxes and receiving your proper royalties. We've had a lot of authors um, and people that we've known uh, in the public eye who have went through uh, some very, very um, hard situations, you know, dealing with finances and trying to receive their royalties. So if you are a writer, um, an inspiring writer, um, or if you may, it may even have trouble in this arena, make sure you tune in this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the beautiful Butterfly Show um, because you guys are going to be in store for a treat. And so with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. And I thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in this evening and uh, hopefully you were able to take away some very informative information uh, tonight as well and as always we appreciate you uh, for supporting the network and the show over here on the beautiful butterfly show so with that said you guys we're going to get ready to get out of here Um, I'll see you guys on Thursday same time same place have a good one